Welcome to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. My name is Perry Phillips. If you haven't listened to the show yet, we talk about pop culture, music, sports, comic books, psychedelics, cannabis, um, basically anything that a teenage boy is into, um, I, I, I'm into. So um, I'm 30 years old, and well, 31 now, and I've, I've yet to grow up, so... I like to talk about the things that I'm interested in, and so that's the the show that I'm going to make. So if you're into that stuff, um, definitely subscribe to the show, rate the show, review if you've been listening. I appreciate you listening to all the episodes. Um, We're about 28 episodes in now. This will be episode 28, so it's been fun. I really enjoy doing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm even getting better at doing these intros. If you listen to the intros from the beginning, it uh, has come a long way. So thank you for everybody who's been supporting the show and checking it out. Um, check us out on social media, too. I've been more active on there, trying to post a lot more on social media. So interact on there. If you want to say hi, jump on there and say what's up. Um, let me see. Should I actually have shit written down? So, of course, it's going to take me a minute to read through this stuff. Um but yeah, go through the website if you can. Um, I've tried to run everything through ittybittypodcast.com so you can get this podcast. We also do Choice Nugs Only. That's more of a laid back. I can kind of fuck around on that and talk shit. So that's more of a you know a laid back um, smoking type thing. We smoke weed and shit and just kind of bullshit. So this week on the show, if you listen to the show... Um, a couple episodes back, episode 25, we did an episode about uh, psilocybin mushrooms specifically, and it was pretty uh, pretty popular episode. That was the episode I think that was like the fastest, um, the, the fastest that people had jumped on an episode was that episode. So apparently you motherfuckers are into drugs, um, but I had... Uh, somebody hit me up on, I forget how they hit me up. I think they hit me up through email, but they hit me up and had asked to do a kind of like a follow-up is what I thought it would be a follow-up to that episode. They wanted to come on and state their case for why they don't think that psychedelics um, and drugs and stuff have a place in our culture. So I was definitely interested in having that conversation. So this week, my guest, it's a little bit of a different different episode. Um, he did the actual interviewing, so it was kind of like a reverse. Um, so we're going to post the audio on, on here, and then he's going to post it on his as well. But he's uh, his name is David Daniel Gonzalez, and he's the host of the Mystic Skeptic radio show and podcast. And so podcasting has been awesome in that, you know, occasionally you have somebody hit you up and want to talk about something that you've talked about. So I I was definitely happy to have him on. So we talk again, I'm not an expert. So let me start by saying that I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. Um, I've talked in the past about my psychedelic usage and that's what I was trying to keep it more towards. We talked more towards about like LSD and psilocybin mushrooms, AKA magic mushrooms, uh, we talked a little bit about DMT, but I don't know enough about that. Um, and then we also talked about cannabis a little bit. So it's a great episode. Uh, I think we did a good job of, you know, listening to each other and not yelling at each other, even though we had different differing uh, opinions. And I think at the end, we could just kind of agreed that more conversation is 
probably the answer. It's it's not like it's it, there was no bad to us having that conversation about it. It would just you know we both listened to each other, talked our points, and I thought it was a great episode. I'm not going to keep you know talking about it. We'll just get into it. Um, but this is not a podcast about debating the use of psychedelics in America. It's the itty bitty podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Yeah. Oh. oh, it's the Itty Bitty Podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's the Itty Bitty Podcast. The Itty Bitty Podcast. Welcome to The Mystic and the Skeptic. I'm your host, David Daniel Gonzalez. In this week's show, our guest is Perry Phillips, the host of the Itty Bitty Podcast, a new show on Buzzsprout, the hosting site for our show, as well as YouTube. Our topic is drugs, illegal and legal. Although it might come across a debate, I want everyone to know that I will be kind to our guests and pose my concerns as questions. And we have done a couple of shows on this topic um, in the past, from the Mushroom and the Cross to the Roots of the Hippie Movement, as well as a whole show on ayahuasca. However, uh, since this is um, featured on a very progressive station, I try not to pontificate about my objections against psychedelics or other substances. But I do struggle with this subject due to my experiences at the commune that I attempted to be part of. Um, there, the whole culture revolved around marijuana and psychedelics. To be honest, I must share that uh, about my lack of experience in partaking of these uh, chemicals, uh, but it, it it was available, and my issue, like, there was a lot of issues why I, I didn't even give it a chance. Um, and then um, I'm always worried about the effects of it. So um, I don't want to be too dramatic, but um, I saw people um, just struggling in a lot of different ways. And I've worked in the mental health uh, facilities where I've seen people addicted to all kinds of different things, or as well as using drugs or alcohol as a form of coping or self-medication. So that's why I always worry when, when people say that the whole life revolves around drugs is like, why, like what, why can they find another way to, to address their, their struggles? And again, I don't want to come off as judgmental, but um, I was very um, sad when I heard um, one of Joe Rogan's show where he kept on saying that uh, the drugs that he's into are the most amazing things. And now there's all these, studies and this and that and a lot of the the stuff that i hear just sounds so out there that even though there are there's showing that some of the drugs are able to to deal with ptsd and other diseases um the more that i that i was around it i found out that there's ways to synthesize the, the medicine and and separate the hallucinogenic aspects from the others so when it comes down to that i'm open to that but there's people that say, well, just as it is, just take it and you'll be fine and everything's cool. And I think it's a way more complex issue that, that people want to make it. So um, tell us more about your show, uh, Barry, and why, um, like the way that we got connected is there's this uh, Facebook group that where you find, um, you connect different podcasts and different guests. 
So uh, you mentioned that one of the focus of your show has to do with psychedelics. Tell us um, about your show and, and why is that a topic that you guys deal with? Thank you for having me on. Um, the Itty Bitty Podcast is a show that deals, it's going to deal with topics that I find interesting. So it's going to be things that are things that I know in my life and things that are, are true to what I, I, I enjoy. So I like comic books. I like, I'm basically like a big little kid. You know, I like comic books. I like movies. I like music. I like sports. And so psychedelics is one of the things that I enjoy. Um, let me start by saying I'm not somebody who, you know, I'm not just constantly taking psychedelics left and right. It's not something that, you know, I am doing every day, every other day. I am a big cannabis user, so I smoke cannabis actively, you know, pretty much every day for years now. Um, it's something that I'm active about. I can I can smoke and then go and do a workout or take the dog for a walk or get work done. It's something that I've just always, it's always kind of been a part of me. It's not something that I use as an escape necessarily. We can talk, I guess, more about that later on. I'm just going to kind of start by saying I'm not an expert or anything in any of these topics. Um, I'm, I've been using psychedelics probably annually for a few years now, probably going back to my teens. I'm in my thirties now. And I really do think that it leads to, you know, a, a healthier mental health lifestyle. Um, I don't think if you abuse it, um, I don't think anybody should abuse it. I don't think you should t try it if you've already had issues with mental health. I don't think it's something that you should probably, you know, do. I think it is something that should be guided. And I think that I think we should move towards decriminalization and legalization as a means to have a way for people to have a safer trip. Um, I think if you have the right facilities to do it, then you're going to have uh, you're, you're going to have people that are going to be able to use it as a medicine and, and to help them. Well, then, having had a show about herbalism, we know that all the medicine that we use comes from plants and from what's natural. So for people that are completely against drugs, they're not being fair because every drug that we take, the legal ones come from a, from a different, like a, a version of it, like has been uh, created in a lab to, to bring about the healing effects. So when people bring it up as, as a religious thing or as a naturalistic thing that, you know, things are out there for a reason to help us cope or deal with our struggles or stuff like that. There is uh, a sense of, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys that, but then you have people who are just fanatics about drugs. And I want to make this kind of like a light show because it could be a very heavy subject. Um, here in Houston, where we record the show, we have the, the Drug Truth Network on, on KPFT. And this guy, man, he like attacks anybody that doesn't agree with him. And now he's finally saying that he has done too many drugs and that there is some negative effects. But there's some people that you meet and they're like, no, no, you don't understand. Like marijuana is the, the cure of all illnesses or stuff like that. And that's where the commune that I lived at, I started with. They started with marijuana is good. Alcohol is bad. And then it's like, usually people say, well, you can have a drink. You can have um, a roach, whatever, a, uh, a cigarette of, of marijuana. And it's like, yeah, but like, how much does it affect you and how much in 
and it's just um it's just strange like i come from a different culture right? i'm an immigrant from mexico and over there you, you talked in your show about mushrooms about how there's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of myths about drugs so we were told as kids you know stay away from that stuff anybody that goes into that is a screw up and they're gonna ruin their lives so we came with a lot of fears but then here it was so casual like when you start meeting other kids in, in high school and like everybody's smoking and if you don't smoke you're not cool and it's like but like why like and then it also seems like um a first world problem like people have disposable income that they can go spend in this substance and it's like well why not like meditate or do sports or something like that like in like what what is the original attraction to these type of things because people then say well it's a gateway drug or whatever but for you like so society wise why do you think that they're so prominent in this culture and why um like you said it helps you um achieve your goals and helps you um do more things but like why is that even available or why is it needed well here's the thing i'm i'm when i'm talking about like cannabis and and mushrooms and stuff like that i'm talking about saying that it works for me and it's and i'm just talking about my own personal experience and so for for me it's it's not it's a chance to kind of look at your problem everybody thinks that it's about escapism it's about you know you're running from your problems your your you know your i think i said on the podcast it's almost like a, a vacation from yourself but it's a vacation with yourself and i feel like it's it's it is that way because you're 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 kind of stripped away from who you are and I say that I'm not trying to, you know, sound like a hippie or anything like that, but I'm kind of saying like, you kind of think, you think more deeply about the things that matter. So you start to prioritize your, your life a little bit easier. So for me, it's almost like a way to kind of face my problems and look at them and think about them critically while having a good time because you're going to laugh a lot of times when you're taking psychedelics you're, and you're with the right people you're going to laugh until you cry you're going to laugh like laugh more than than crying and then you're going to stop you're going to forget what you were just laughing about and then you're going to be on to the next thing you're going to look at stuff really deeply and intensely and so i think for me it's it's a nice way to kind of reset it's not a it's not a drug that you can abuse it's, you know, if you, when I was, a, a, you know, I've done some dumb shit on drugs and on alcohol. And as I've gotten older, I've learned how to kind of rein it in. I don't drink as much as I used to. And there's a reason for that. It's because I do stupid things. And so now I stick more to like psychedelics and smoking herb. And so for me, it's, it's a nice alternative to, you know, there's no calories, there's no, real negative in effects on your body or your your brain as far as what we can tell so far from research. I mean, I know there's not a lot of research that's been done, but as of right now, from what I've seen, it, you know, it doesn't really do too much. And from my own experience, it's not something that I feel like, you know, I usually am more conscious about drinking water when I'm on it. I'm thinking more about what I'm doing. So it's kind of like a safer way for me to to have a good time and it's again it's it's something that i might do maybe twice a year 
if that it's it's not something that's like oh it's it's the weekend we're busting out the mushrooms it's it's you know it's 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 something that's a big deal when we do it so well but so you're in washington state yes and is is the is marijuana legal over there marijuana is legal yes okay because uh you know we're crossing state lines the show uh place in in nashville tennessee and i'm in houston and in texas and tennessee is still illegal and one of the founders of the commune that i lived at for two years Tennessee, he tried to pass a, a law in the state to make it legal for them as a religious um, herb. And I know you guys were talking about that in your uh, show about mushrooms. So um, so I, I can differentiate between people that do it for religious purposes and people that do it for recreational purposes. And again, I come from a lot of stereotypes. You know, it's almost like the half-baked movie or... Tally from South Park, where <laughs> you always meet some guy. And he's like, "Hey, you want to get stoned?" I think I and, uh, and they're always like spaced out and, and can't rely on them. There, there he is. And uh, so there, so there's a stereotype about all kinds of different people, and, and I don't want to go there. But there is this component, like the cultural component of the drug being very accessible, and there's certain culture connected to it. But then I have a friend who's a Rastafarian. And he does it for meditation during his services. And I can respect that because as far as I know, marijuana came from uh, the Hindu religion. And it was uh, brought to the Caribbean by people from India. And then it was incorporated into Rastafarian religion. So it has like a certain protocol to it. It's not something that you just like grab and, and go for it. And then that you are irresponsible with it. Like I've seen people drive around stone and with their car full of smoke and it's like come on that's just an accident waiting to happen so um so the fear from a lot of traditional people is like once you make it legal then it's just a free-for-all like people are not gonna contain themselves and i i don't know if that happened after prohibition or before where people are just acting a fool when they were drunk um but is is that a legitimate concern or is that like paranoia from people that don't know understand I mean, look what happened after Prohibition went into effect. The mafia basically took control of everything and, and basically ran shit while, they, while the, the alcohol was illegal. There were speakeasies. People were still finding a way to get it. And then they legalized alcohol and all that stuff ended. I mean, you could still argue that alcohol is a danger, is one of the more, I feel like, I, I would argue that it's the most dangerous of any drug that you can take. Um, if you want to talk about a gateway drug, um, alcohol was like the drug that, that alcohol was usually what I was drinking when I would try other substances. And so, I mean, I'm not one of those people who's against alcohol. I know that there, there's definitely know your limits. And if you don't know your limits, then you probably shouldn't drink. And um, that's why I'm, I, I'm one of the people that I don't necessarily drink all that much. If, if anything, I drink maybe once a month if that um it's usually a special occasion doing something you know for fun but um but yeah so so as far as being a legitimate concern um i think that legalization it's it's financially makes the most sense uh, for most if you look at most of the places that have legalized i live in a place that when I first moved, I saw legalization firsthand. So I came from California. I lived in Southern California, had my medical marijuana card. 
Um, it was kind of a joke as to how I got it. Uh, so I could tell you that story if you want to hear it real quick. But um, so I had my medical card there, moved to Washington, and we moved pretty much right at the point of legalization. So the first recreational shops were rolling in and we kind of saw it at the beginning where prices were really high. They were still booming. They were making a lot of money. They made so much money that within a couple years they were, you know, they're on pretty much every block, which I think is a little unnecessary. There's for the town that I live in, there's, you know, there's there just is such thing as too many weed shops. I'm not one of those people that thinks that there should be a weed shop on every corner. I think as long as there's a couple in town to service people's needs, you should have the option to to purchase it. This is America. I think you should be have the, the freedom to, to purchase marijuana. If you have the freedom buy, to buy beer, you should be able to buy. So but it goes back to why do we need it to begin with? Um, Russell Brand has talked about his addiction problems, you know, the comedian from England. And when he went before Parliament uh, over there, he said that people who are um, drug addicts need to be treated as not people who society has forgotten about, but people that have like an existential crisis or even a spiritual one, and that they have to be given the opportunity to find other resources and other ways to deal with their problems. So to me, that that like hits at the heart of the issue. It's like, I understand that people need something to take the edge off, something to help them with their anxiety, to uh, have a good time. But when does it cross the line between there's an underlying problem that is not being dealt with, and the only way that people think they can deal with it is through self-medication that is experimenting with your body. Like in, in the show that, that you guys had, we're talking about blacking out and things like that. And like only, um, you know, in my eyes, I know, again, I don't want to come up as judgmental. It's almost like a suicidal thing to take in and ingest a bunch of stuff and not know where you're going to end up at. And then you hope that the person next to you is watching and like, what if they like take advantage of you or, or leave you in a, in a ditch? Like it's, it seems like a very risky thing. Like what are the benefits as compared to trying other ways to deal with, with everyday strokes? Well, I think that, I mean, not every single person is, is an addict. Um, I think that, so, you know, I have friends that I've lost to, uh, opioid, opioid addiction. And I've, I've known people my same age that have died from opioid addiction. And so I, I know the dangers of, of addiction. And I, I've seen, I've had my uncle passed away from alcoholism. So it's one of those things that I understand the dangers of, of drugs and alcohol. And the, but I also understand the, the, the importance of balance. And so, you know, everything in moderation. And when I'm, when I'm telling stories about, you know, blacking out, it's, it's when I was 21, 18 to 21 years old. And when I think back about, you know, blacking out as now as an adult, it's, it's, it's scary because you don't, you don't know where you're at. And if you don't have good friends, luckily I always had good friends around me, but you don't always have good friends and you don't, you know, necessarily know, you know, what, what you're doing. That's, that's another reason why I think that a push for, you know, guided trips or guided, 
um, whatever you want to call them, if you have them with somebody who's an expert, who's going to make sure that you're not going to take too high of a dose. And, and, you know, I'm talking strictly psychedelics, you know, MDMA, uh, LSD, that type of stuff. Um, as far as heroin and all that stuff, I don't, I, that, that's a conversation that I don't, I'm not ready to answer. I don't know how you fix that problem. It's such, it's so, it's such a deep problem that, that, that stems from, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry to, to heroin to now with fentanyl. And so I don't know how you solve that problem. I'm talking strictly, you know, psychedelics, mushrooms, uh, LSD and, and MDMA. I've never tried DMT, so. I don't know much about that. But again, if if um, if we take a naturalistic approach and we say, you know, your body has the chemicals in it that it needs, and if your body is acting up, it, you have this balance of those chemicals. So you go to a doctor and you ask for extra whatever a hormone or some type of um, chemical that that helps your brain balance. Um, that would be your shaman. The, the doctor is the one who supposedly, I know there's a lot of corrupt doctors and doctors like Michael Jackson's doctor, they were just popping pills everywhere right. and stuff like that. Um, but let's say that that is the society's uh, modern day shamans are the doctors and they are supposed to help you navigate life and address your disbalances. Why take it upon yourself to experiment uh, different, different types of things in the hope of, of what, like, what's the ultimate goal? You're you're saying like why, uh, why change your state of mind? Yeah, like um, the first question that I that I got when when we try to move to the the commune is like, do you uh, take uh, mind uh, expanding um, like uh, drugs? And and it was a interesting way to phrase it. Because if you come from the philosophy that it expands your mind or it takes you to another realm or you can talk to the aliens or the spirits or whatever, then I can see why someone would do it. But if you take it from a scientific approach, then you're trying to rebalance your chemicals. Or you're trying to bring take yourself out of sadness or take yourself out of a depressive state and use this to help you heal from it. Then um, you mentioned that you have... Uh, a shaman or a, a, a pharmacologist who helps you do it, why not use the, the people who are already um, like are mitigating that, that those are the doctors? Well, I think if you're going to be guiding a trip, you would need to have experienced the psychedelic in question. Um, I don't think that if you are not somebody who's, who knows how, you know, the ins and outs of what happens during a trip, um, you shouldn't, you know, be in charge of somebody who's, you know, necessarily may, might be tripping for the first time if you've never tripped yourself because you don't really know what to look for. You don't even know what to expect. You don't know what, you know, I mean, you kind of know what they're going through if you've, if you've done it before. And again, it's not the same for everybody. A lot of times people take it and you feel great immediately and you, you know, it's, it's a good feeling from beginning to end. Um, but for me, the reason that I do it is that it's not like out of sadness or boredom or anything like that. It's just occasionally I get, uh, I get, I feel the need to, to take them. 
and then I feel lighter almost afterwards. It's not like it's not it's and it's not like a feeling like, oh if I don't take them I'm I'm like Jones and I'm I I I need them. It's just if I find them, which it's one of those things that they they'll pop up randomly. It's not something I seek out. It just will pop up and somebody that I know will get them. I always get them from a reputable source and I don't ask any questions and then I just get a, a few of them to get, you know, and then I do that once or twice a year. And so it's not <coughs> It's not something experience. What's that? It's almost like a bonding experience. Like you do it as, as part of your, your crew. Your... I mean, it just, it's honestly, it's one of those things that, that I, I, I can't really explain. I mean, I would probably do, I do them by myself occasionally. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that you, you learn a little, you, you allow yourself to you know, learn a little bit about what you need to do going forward. I always use it as a product, as a productive thing. I never go into it like, man, I just need to escape all my problems. And I'm also not one of those people that think that, you know, you shouldn't go into it with baggage. I think that everybody should, you know, everybody's different. If you think you can handle it and you think that that's what you need and you think that you should try it, you should try it. If you don't think it's for you, I don't think that you should have to be forced to try it out. I think that if there's a way for people to do it safely, though, I'm all for it. I don't think that, I mean, I know we're a little ways away from that. I know there's a few places that just decriminalize. Um, so it's kind of a step forward. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that, for me, it's it's every time it's, it's a different experience. And it's almost like a, you know, it's like a, a retreat. And you can kind of reset and then you're good to go for another however many months and it's not like if I didn't do it I just wouldn't you know I've, I don't have any issues with depression anxiety anything like that you know I get up I work out every day I just recently lost about 50 pounds and I've kept it off for almost two years um, and so I, I get up I work out I walk the dog every day I get all my exercise done I work on my stuff and and you know it's it's I go about my day and I smoke cannabis throughout, and it doesn't really affect me. And not to make light of people's experiences, but um, one time uh, you know, I have a friend who's a who's Mexican American or, or a recent immigrant like me, and we were talking about gangsters and gangster lifestyle. And I know in your podcast you mentioned that you like uh, African American gangster music. And just between you and me, Perry, how much of it when you start as a young person? Uh, you know, experimenting stuff like that how much of it is it to just get girls and to have a good time and how much of it is actually um like because that's that's what we were saying about gangster stuff is like for us it's it seemed really strange like why be a gangster but you realize that the women are attracted to like tough guys so the same thing with drugs like some women are attracted to people who deal or who smoke or they want to smoke with them or it has like a sexual component to it. Uh, is that even there or, or is, is for, that something that we're making up? Uh, no, uh, for me, uh, I, I mean, I'm at, at this point, I'm 31 years old. I've listened to all different types of music. Um, I, one of the podcasts that I do is called choice nuts only. We do, a, I just started doing a weekly Spotify playlist that I'm going to update that goes along with it each week on Mondays and Fridays. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be doing on a weekly basis. 
So I'm big into to music in general. Uh, but for me, hip hop is my favorite music because they're they if you find good hip hop, they're they're usually telling a story. And so for me, that's that's the most important part of music is if I can vibe and, and, and I can listen to your story and I can connect with you on that level, then I'm going to continue to listen to the music that you're putting out. But I don't listen to a lot of the like the the mumble rappers or a lot of the new shit. I try to I find new shit that comes out, but I try to find new shit that I like that I'm, you know, that I'm really that I really like and that I mess with and I put that on the playlist. So but but it is a, is it a subculture of being rebellious of being uh, I mean, I anti- guess that's a little bit of it. I guess that's a little bit a little part of it. I've always been you know, I've always been antagonistic, I guess. I've uh, not antagonistic, but at at jobs and and things like that, I've I've stood up for people if I thought that there was something going on that maybe shouldn't have been going on or or if there was somebody that was being treated unfairly, you know, I, and they weren't going to say anything. I've I've would stand up for people and kind of talk for the group a lot of the times and so it would get me in trouble more times than not. And so for me, podcasting was a way to, you know, branch out on my own and, and, you know, talk to the people that I want to talk to and have the conversations that I want to have. And so the the push for legalization comes with like a, like a social movement as well. Like when you think about incarceration, when you think about uh, people feeling threatened by the police, um, one of the big issues in the commune and, and they're going to kill me for bringing up all this stuff, uh, but I'm not there and didn't work out. But um, it was um, some people their whole life revolved around smoking weed. So being in the commune was like a safe space for them to be at. And then they had like this kind of paranoia that the police was always after them. And and you can see in rural Tennessee, the police actually messing with people. They know that they do drugs just to, to give them a hard time. So, um, have you met people who are like their whole life revolves around smoking or, or doing drugs and that they make choices like they go work for Whole Foods so they know they're not going to be tested. They go um, live in like rural areas so then they, they can do whatever they want. They can grow stuff and not get caught. Have you met people like that who are like obsessed with with that? Because to me, just like the, the gentleman who talks about mushroom, it, it's like a bad, it looks bad. Like if you like, I didn't like Elon Musk smoking uh, with Joe Rogan and his show because it made it kind of flippant. But then on the other hand, you have people like he's a successful guy who smokes pot. You have people who like their life is kind of in shambles because they smoke pot. And that's the only thing they care about. Um, Like, do do you come across people like that? And is there a way to get them out of that type of obsession? I mean, I've, I've seen people like that with everything. I mean, you've got video games now with, esports popping up i mean that's you could argue that people that are training for esports are are you know doing something way too much you could argue that eating too many potato chips is bad you could if doing too much of anything is going to be bad i'm so i've said before that i'm i'm a smoker i smoke on a daily basis but i'm not somebody who sits and i'm not like you know, fucking Cypress Hill or Snoop Dogg where I'm just chief and blunts all day. You know, I'll do a dab in the morning, do my workout, make breakfast, 
walk the dog, do all that stuff, get myself going. And then, you know, throughout the day, if I feel like, you know, it's not like a, a, a blunt session after blunt session after blunt session. Um, and, you know, since you were talking about the, the hippie commune, there's once a year I go to like a hippie festival and kind of unwind. And, and, and when you go there, you see both sides of it. So you see people, I mean, that whole weekend, people are barely wearing clothes. Most people are half naked. You know, you know what it looks like. You've lived on a hippie commune. It's just, it's basically people are, are having a good time. They want to be free and, and, and chill out under the stars and not really have anybody tell them what to do or when to get up and they want to party. And you see both sides of it. You see people that don't party at all and they just kind of are there hanging out you know they're there for the camping aspect they're hanging out chilling there's people there that are that go hog wild and they're doing all types of different drugs and they're getting fucked up and they're running amok and um and some people there that's their life every day outside of of that festival some people there they go there and they wear a suit and tie other days you know they the past couple of years I've been there I was in a suit and tie on the right the rest of the week and then I went there and I was you know in my underwear the whole time so it's it's one of those things where anything in moderation is as long as you can get a handle on it I mean it's the same thing with 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 alcohol the same thing with all that stuff it's just if if you take too much of anything it's it's eventually you know going to lead you down a, a place that you're not supposed to be and so i you know i see people i see it happen all the time but for me it's i'm not one of those people it's just i'm it, i stay motivated even though i'm smoking i smoke and stay motivated well, hustle and motivated as nipsey hear. hustle would say well you hear the people um you know react differently so you have some artists and when they do drugs they become more creative and you have people who get into a depressive state or they start having really bad hallucinations. So, but the biggest concern that I had was the exposure to children. And I know that it sounds very overprotective and stuff, but you know, when you have a 13 year old kid uh, smoking a bong and driving a golf cart around, like it's just, it just seems um, again, like recipe for disaster because their brains are not developed. They're getting into stuff that that is that might hold them back uh, academically or mentally, and then once you get into that, how do you get out? Like I always made this analogy: like if you're like a, a goody two shoes kind of guy who's like military and uh, super like hardcore about that, you can always take a step back. You can always go party and relax and do something that is a little more uh, free and free spirited. But if you're just a free-spirited person all the time, how are you going to be able to hold a job? How are you going to be able to survive in society? Because society is not the, the hippie camp. Like Society is very tough. So if you can find a happy medium, like, like you say in your, in your experience, um, that's, that's wonderful. But when it becomes this kind of like um, fomenting, um, almost like this – you know, there's carefree and there's carelessness. And that's, that's where I was worried. It's like, I already, um, I'm afraid of my kids getting into drugs too early. And now it's like, it's being, uh, invited, like it's, it's being given, uh, a green light 
And then I'm the bad guy because I'm saying, hey, let's take it easy. Let's think about it. Maybe wait until you're older to, to get into that. Now it's like the opposite. So I'm all about freedom. I'm all about people doing um, whatever they want. But then there's this, this social aspect of encouraging people to do stuff and not really caring if it's going to affect them positive or negative. That's thing like now is coming up that there's articles and information about people having really bad experiences with marijuana. And, and you have to have that debate. If, if you make it legal, everything needs to come to the forefront. But like one of my friends was saying that before it became legal, no one would ever talk about the bad trips with marijuana because it would make the movement look bad. Now that it's legal, now you can actually talk about how it does affect some people very negatively. No, I mean, I've had, I'm the first one to say, I like, I don't think that kids should be given weed. I don't think, I mean, I started smoking weed fairly early. Um, and it was just because I, you know, that was the crew that I ran, ran with as a teenager. And so, but I, yeah, kids, kids brains aren't developing until they're like, what, 22, 23, something like that. So I, I, I agree. 100% with that. I don't think that kids should be smoking weed. I think if once it's legal and you know they're getting it if, if am I going to be mad if they're getting it legally? No. Uh, am I going to like lose my shit if they if they get it illegally? I can't be too mad because I did the same thing. Um but I think that you can't you can't just ban it and, and, you know, get rid of it and say that, you know, it's, it's dangerous because some people abuse it. I mean, yeah, you can say that about pretty much anything. Um, and as far as, as it goes with, with like MDMA and stuff like that, we haven't talked really talked much about that. I know they use MDMA. They're talking about using that as, you know, treatment for soldiers coming back from, from from war with PTSD. So I think that there's definitely some some benefits medically as well to, you know, mushrooms and um, LSD and, and MDMA. Well, and that's that's what we had on the show. And, and I was very um, non-confrontational with my friend because one of the founders of the show is a, a, someone who experiments with a lot of different substances. And his brother has PTSD from being in Iraq. So they took a trip all the way to South America and they did an ayahuasca experience. And being from Latin America, I I just can't even fathom or understand um, going through all that. Like, I know that when you have a major trauma or something, you're willing to do anything to, to address it. But there's so many things that can go wrong. There's so many people who could take advantage of you. There's so many things that could happen. You know, you pass out and, and your body ends up... Um, with no organs, like there's so many uh, fears that I would have to, to even consider that. And I guess uh, Americans are more brave or they're, they're more naive. I don't know. I, it's, it's just, it's really hard to wrap my mind over this thing of, of accessibility and, and even um, willingness to partake of all these things. Like um, it's just, I just keep on comparing it with like, what can you do yoga? What can you do like other things? that uh, they give you the same type of, of high. Like I always joke with people like, you know, I'm high on love, I'm high on on happiness or whatever. Like it's just, it's, it seems like a completely different world. And the more I talk to you, it kind of seems like that. It's like, we're not gonna agree that that people can 
can have the same type of experience without it or that you need it or that you want it or that people have the freedom for it. But it, it goes back to society. Like what is society, what is society willing to put up with? So my biggest issue with like um, libertarians is that I, I, I really think they don't care about anybody but themselves. So they'll say, you want to smoke yourself to death? Knock yourself out. You want to do drugs, whatever? I don't care. And then on the other side, you have people who are trying to control, like conservatives, you know, they're trying to tell you what to do. And I don't know if there's a happy medium because ha like, what's the moderation for something that is addictive or that's something that can be harmful? Like, I guess it's on the, on the individual, but then it's also on the person that gave it to you. And in South Park, they make fun of like, now people are gonna be fighting for organic marijuana. And I guess you can have organic LSD or organic something else. So now it's like only the super privileged can take the really good stuff and all the poor people are going to take the stuff that is mixed with other stuff that could kill you. So it just, it just seems like an unnecessary risk to go through all that for something that you might be able to, to achieve on your own without this foreign element that you have to pay for and you have to take risk on. So am, am I crazy to bring all this stuff up? I mean, I think part of the fun part of life is taking risks. I think a lot of the the dumbest things that I've done have been the most fun. Um, you know, when I went to Costa Rica for my honeymoon, um, we did pretty much everything they said you shouldn't do. I mean, we were smart about it for the most part, but we, you know, got a guide from the beach. He turned, you know, we ended up using him every single day. He ended up being really nice. We ended up buying him a bottle of Johnny Walker because that was his favorite that was his favorite bottle um, but he was super cool took us all over got us a nice spot to hang out on to finish the day at the sunset and then the last day called our hotel room to make sure that we had a great time all week so we ended up you know we could he have murdered us in the like we went off in the jungle with this guy could he have murdered us yeah but we also had a really great experience with a, a, somebody from another country that we might not have had otherwise if we had just stayed on the resort with all the people that, you know, there was a guy there, we sat down and we're at the table where playing blackjack and it's just, it's not for money or anything. It's for like keychains and shit. And this guy sits down and the, the, the dealer says, you know, Ola. And the guy goes, I, I don't speak that language. And we're in Costa Rica, mind you. So I just look at him. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong country. If you're not going to, you know, at least try to speak the language like you're, you're at a resort. So the resort was filled with people like that. I would have been stuck with people like that rather than met this guy, you, you know, who drove us past the school where his kids go, you know, took us to get empanadas. And, you know, we had ended up having a really good time. We didn't get murdered or anything like that. But, yeah, we could have gotten, you know, something bad could have happened. But but life is about taking those risks and having a good time. And as far as um, uh, I wanted to touch real quick because before I forget, um, I did say on that podcast as well, uh, for me, I, I know in my own personal experience with, with mushrooms, I used them almost as a way to quit smoking cigarettes. And a lot of people think that's crazy or they think that that's nuts. But I, you know, I took, I remember the exact moment that I was sitting by a fire. I had, you know, had the cigarette in my hand and I was, you know, looking at it and I was, it was half smoked and I had the thought like, you know, you don't really need this. It, it was at that exact moment that I knew I was going to quit and I quit pretty much within the next month and I was done with cigarettes. 
So that was one of like my experience with that as well. Uh, I was able to quit smoking cigarettes, cold Turkey. Um, after, I mean, I'd tried before I would tried, you know, with the dip, I've tried all the different solutions and, you know, vaping, nothing. And this, this time I tried with the mushrooms and it just, I don't know if I willed it into existence or what, but that's kind of, you know, my story about it. And I'm glad I listened to your podcast about mushrooms because I was going to blast you regarding uh, smoking. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was a smoker since he was 15 and he died last year from having all his arteries clogged up uh, from the nicotine or whatever it does. It it made him have a weak heart. And then there was a guy that I knew who um, he had some lung problems and then from smoking marijuana and cigarettes. And then he went on to smoke to do uh, alcohol instead. So there's people that in my eyes are are doing destructive things or choose to do destructive things because you know whatever they have emptiness or whatever. And so to me, like if you can vape mar- marijuana or ingest it or something like that, anything but smoking. Like um, you know, I I was smoking um, uh, hookah. Uh, you know, once a year, once every six months with my wife, just as a cool thing to do. And my daughters who are tiny, they're like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you're going to die just like grandpa. So the smoking component of it, like, how do you work around that? Especially, um, you know, in some cultures like uh, Native Americans and Rastas, the smoking is part of the, the ritual component, but it is not, like you said, um, being an abuse is done only in very special occasions. So um, I just feel like there's all these things that can that can go wrong. And like, I guess you can do that with food or anything like that. But it's, um, it's just interesting that humans have looked for stuff to, to take them to other places or to expand their, their experiences. Uh, I met a, a Native American pastor who part of um, his um, relationship with other Native Americans is that he had to smoke peyote for them to bond with him. And you would think that as a Christian, he would have problems with doing drugs, but for him, it was a cultural thing. Like he had to do it to be able to connect with fellow Native Americans. And then he had good trips and bad trips, but he saw it as, you know, talking to the angels or talking to the demons. So uh, in your in your podcast, you guys mentioned either um, having um, greater um, awareness or uh, walking into other realms or something like that. Like, is that is that just um, hallucinogenic kind of stuff, or or do you really believe that there is some type of path to other universes through drug-based um, experiences? I've heard that about DMT, um, which I, again I've never tried DMT. Um, I'm not opposed to trying it. I just haven't had the right circumstances. Um, but as far as with like acid and psilocybin, um, it it's definitely. I mean, you definitely it's it's auditory, so you 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 get an experience um, through your your ears as well. And so for me, who's I'm big into music. Like I remember one of the the most fun the most fun I I had had. Uh, we had got mushrooms randomly. I think we had them from some leftover from some party or something. And I was living in California way back and this was years ago. And it was me and two of my friends that were just, we ended up just sitting on the stoop and we had eaten mushrooms 
and we sat on the steps, you know, people watching, you know, bullshitting with people who would walk by throughout the day. And it was, and we listened to music the whole time. And it was just like, we were having our own little concert on the front step and we had a great time. It was one of the best times I've ever had. And so I think that for a lot of people, you know, life is rough for a lot of people. It's not, you know, it's not the same for everybody. And so for a lot of people, and again, from, from my experience, I don't do it from a place of sadness or like I need to get away. For me, it's a way to reset and think, you know, okay, how can I tackle this next step of my life? And like, how can I, you know, build on becoming a better person? And I try to use it as, as like a, a way to self-evaluate myself and kind of look outside myself and kind of, you know, see what I need to work on. But for a lot of people, that's not necessarily the case. You know, they're stuck in a rut. And unfortunately, the the thing that 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 gives them relief from, you know, that rut is is the thing that keeps them in that rut. So they, they kind of keep going back to the same thing. And so for them, a lot of times these drugs are a, a way to escape. It's it's a way to, you know, to kind of to leave. You know, you don't. I mean, if you take a lot, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be in a, another consciousness for sure. But if you take like take like a recommended amount, you 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 know what's going on. You're you're aware enough for what's going on. But I, you know, I don't try to take so much that I can't see straight. I try to take enough to where, you know, I can kind of focus on what I need to for the upcoming months. So, what do you think about programs like in Holland and places like that where? They'll take someone who is doing, you know, you guys separate between hard drugs and natural drugs, but, you know, I kind of see a connection between both. But let's say that someone is, is an addict to any substance and they'll take them in and they'll give them uh, a different dosage or a synthetic version of the really bad stuff they were taking and slowly weed them out of, of being addicted to that. And then they... Um, they somehow um, rehabilitate them. Um, for some reason in the U.S., they th see that as a form of dependency and you're actually um, providing drugs for people that just sounds crazy. But they say that there has been positive and negative effects of doing that in other countries. So so let's say you had a friend who was like obsessed with, with marijuana or LSD and there was a program to kind of um, wean them off of it would you support that or would you think of it as more like, well, that's his journey and he needs to kind of you know, find what works for him? Or is there such a thing as a right and wrong um, person for these type of, of, of things? And, you know, they call it an addiction when your whole life revolves around it and then you make poor choices to keep your uh, intake of that happening. So, um, so is that too too paternalistic to try to get someone out of of some type of um, obsession with, with the thing or there are some cases that people do need help to, to get out of I mean there's they already have programs for for people who are um, who have a, a problem with addiction but there the problem with with addiction, I don't. I think I'm, where I come from, there, the, the I don't know if you remember the show called Intervention. They it was on TLC or one of those those channels, and they would do a different person each episode. And so there was an episode of 
uh, intervention about Brockton, Massachusetts. And Brockton, Massachusetts is one of the um, the worst places for opioids. Um, and at the time, I think it was it was even worse. And that's why they were doing the, the, the special on the actual city of Brockton rather than just on one person. And so they had a big problem with um, oxys and um, even Xanax, um, all types of different pills leading to heroin and then fentanyls. Everything's been laced with fentanyl now. So if you don't know where you're getting your shit, your stuff could be laced with fentanyl and you could be dead like, you know, Prince or Tom Petty. Um, and so for things like that, um, I think it's it's getting harder and harder to avoid, especially with pharmaceutical industries. <coughs> pushing uh sorry i'm getting over being cold we were just traveling um with pharmaceutical industries pushing pills left and right you know if you get injured on the job or something they prescribe you 30 percocets and you're not somebody who's ever taken percocets and all of a sudden they feel good and you know you're somebody who's who's already drinking a six pack because you know you go to a job that you you know you're not you're unsatisfied with um, I've been on both sides of of being in a p- place where, you know, I was broke. I was running around acting a fool to a place now where, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more stable. Um, I, you know, have I'm in a marriage with my wife that that we've been together for years now. Um, and so she lets me do that stuff. Um, she kind of knows that, you know, that's the thing that I like to do. And at first she wasn't big on it, but then she kind of, she realized that, you know, it's something that I don't take advantage of. It's not something that's, that I'm abusing. It's something that, that works for me. Um, as far as cannabis goes, you know, I think that there's different degrees of people who smoke cannabis. I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't see it as being something that I know some people who have had addictions for it. (coughs) Sorry. But as far as, you know, the majority of the people that I know, especially when I lived in Southern California, it was like people would be like, hey, you want to smoke and and go climb this mountain or like, hey, you want to smoke and go play volleyball down at the beach or, you know, go do get a burger down at downtown. Like it was there was always something to do. Let's you know, let's smoke and go to the gym. So that that kind of was where I got that it was kind of part of that culture. And so that was kind of where I started smoking throughout the day. And it's not something that like, if I don't like, I just was on vacation and they have legal weed in, in Massachusetts where I was on vacation at, but it, you can't really get great stuff. So I was, you know, spoken here and there, but I just kind of used it as a way to take a break and reset. And then when I got back, I started smoking back up again, but I try to take edibles here and there and I use vapes for the most part. So I'm not usually smoking. I got rid of my pipe years ago. I smoked the raw joints occasionally, but yeah, I try to stick to vapes. That was a long way of answering that question. Sorry. So what was the, the resolution of the intervention show? Like how did they help people? Well, um, it was, it was like three different people that the show revolved around it was so it was so long ago that i don't even really remember how they it, it was when they were had a big problem with drugs coming up from florida there was uh, pills coming up they were writing prescriptions i'm sure there's documentaries or something about it at some point they had to have made them but there was 
doctors writing prescription pills, uh, phony prescription pills. I actually like knew people that were getting them from doctors down there, and they would send an, send them up uh, ninety five. I think was the highway, or, or I think it was ninety five. They would send them all the way up the high, the coast, and they would end up in Massachusetts. But yeah, it was a, it was an episode of intervention about the show, the town called Bro- the town of Brockton, and three different people in there, in the town. So. Um, it was years ago. I don't remember. I don't think that show's even still on anymore, but you could probably find it on YouTube if you search hard enough. So, so in this show, we try to dispel conspiracy theories and address issues like this one to get to a, another point. So when I, when I say, you know, if you're focused on drug legalization or you're focused on, uh, disproving nine eleven, uh, whatever, uh, what came out about 9-11 or you're focused on all these other things. It takes you away from like what I find is like real problems such as you know, poverty, abuse, uh, lack of um, resources. So have you met people that since they're so, um, you know, I don't know, affected by, by their, their use uh, of drugs that they don't really have the energy or desire to get involved in anything else? Because, like, I feel that, like, one of the reasons that, that the progressive movement has kind of fizzled out in, when, when you need them the most is, you know, I don't want to blame it on drugs, but I do want to, I do wonder that if you say, okay, I expect everybody to show up to this rally and we're going to, you know, take over, and then nobody shows up because they, they got inebriated the night before and they forgot about it. So it, it always feels like half-baked where, um, you know, they were going to work on something and then they started smoking next thing you know, they move on to the next project. Like, it seems like the progressive movement is kind of like that. It's kind of... Well, have you uh, ever been to, like, Hemp Fest or um, there's different... Anytime they do big... Like there's Hemp Fest. I know they do one in Boston on Boston Common where they like it's it's almost like an unspoken day. Even before they legalized it, it was like a day that people would go in. I think it was 420 and they would do basically it was a big movement to to legalize weed and you would go there and, and show up and you would stay there the whole day and they would have like uh, concerts and they would, you know, ways to raise awareness and then you know once the sun kind of went down then that was the end of of the the sit-in it wasn't like a sit-in but they would have different the stuff like that so i think there is a movement i think that the the lazy stoner um stereotype is is more of a stereotype from back when you know back in the day when they were when just trying to sell it as as a dangerous drug when the war on drugs was started i think there's a lot of you know messed up stuff that kind of has like I think that the mess the laws in in the states are really messed up as far as marijuana goes like I think it's it's pretty fucked up that that it's legal now and that there's they're praising you know essentially praising white people for for selling marijuana and there's still people you know black people and, and minorities serving prison sentences in for for you know for marijuana from when it was was illegal so I think that there's I mean our whole system has to kind of be redone. I don't think that, that I'm not one of those people who's like, yeah, everybody can do whatever they want. Um, I don't typically like lean left or right, or, or I try to think about things objectively in in terms of, you know, what would be best for society as a whole. Um, and I think that legalizing 
cannabis and I think that legalizing starting to move towards legalizing psychedelics like LSD and mushrooms um, and giving people a safe place to do it and a safe means to do it is a step in the right direction. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Um, I think certainly there's a, there's a, it's going to take a lot of convincing, you know, to change people's minds and to change the narrative. And I think more people need to have conversations like this. Um, even if you disagree on it, um, because it's just, you know, Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention as well, um, talking about medicinal purposes, was I knew a DJ when I lived in Los Angeles and he would get cluster headaches. And so he would have to take mushrooms um, once a month or not once a month. He would take it like once every six months or so. And that would, you know, cluster headaches, if you don't know anything about them, if you look into them, they're so bad sometimes that people often contemplate taking their own life rather than live with it as an illness because the headaches are so bad and so constant, but he takes a little bit of mushrooms once and for six months, he's good. He takes another one in six months and he, he doesn't have headaches like he does normally. Um, and so there, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of research that needs to be done. And again, I don't think it should be a free for all. Everybody starts popping pills and taking mushrooms and, you know, I'm all for having a good time and partying. Um, if you do it safely and if you, you know, if you do it with the people that you trust, um, and if they legalize it, I think that's a, a easier way to make that happen. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I hope that, um, we can do this crossover uh, show in the future where, um, we can, um, use each other's, um, programs to help boost our, our audience. And we have, I, I don't really know what audience do I have like that. We talk about every single subject, so we might be too broad, but that's that's what I, I think uh, needs to happen. Like we, we need to be able to discuss everything critically and objectively, like you said. And um, so um, so it's great to have you and your perspective. And there are some um, we're never going to understand each other unless we talk, like you say, unless we give each other a chance and see where people are coming from. So thank you for, for bringing your perspective. Uh, to this program and um, and for um, having uh, honest conversations. I think that sometimes um, you don't get that from like the big shows. Like seems like even though it seems like a like an open conversation, sometimes it's like too scripted or they have an agenda trying to push. So it's good to hear good people who, who just want to um, you know open up the, their mics and have uh, heartfelt discussions with other uh, guests. So. Thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, David. But thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. Once again, if you've loved the show, make sure you head over to ittybittypodcast.com. Subscribe to the show through there. It really helps me out if you do everything through the website. I believe next week on the show, we're going to be talking about to another chef. Uh, it's a chef that I know. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm trying to get him on the show for a little while. Uh, he's a chef in Seattle, so at a bigger restaurant in Seattle. So I'm excited to talk to him. So definitely check out next week's episode and keep an eye out on social media. We're going to be asking some questions and stuff and throwing some stuff up on there about this episode. So make sure you check out the show. Tell all your friends and we'll be back next week. Peace.